0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians 7. All of us at some point in our lives have been apologized to. And I would think that some of those times where you were apologized to, you felt that the apology was genuine and there was something about it that made you think that. And there have probably been other times where the person said, I'm sorry, but you did not feel like it was meant. And there probably have also been times where there was somebody who told you that they were sorry and you thought that it was genuine, but through their actions, Later, eh, it turned out not so much to be the case. Imagine these things from the perspective of God, because God knows immediately the genuineness of the apology. He knows what the sorrow, right? The, the, I'm sorry. He knows what it means, but we will see a little more of a glimpse of what it means here today in second Corinthians seven. Now, The first verse of 2 Corinthians 7 flows straight out of chapter six. It's one of those, I would say, unfortunate chapter divisions in the Bible. Let's look at verse one because it will set the foundation that then we'll build on as we look at the different types of sorrow presented in this passage. But verse one says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion In the fear of the Lord. Let's just stop and talk about how amazing that verse is. This verse is such a summary of what your life should be about. Do you get that? This verse should be something that you are striving for because we have these promises, beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. What are the promises? Well, if you go back to uh, the quotes from the Old Testament at the end of chapter six, uh, think of uh, some of the things said there. Therefore, go out out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So why should you pursue the Lord? Because of His promises. Because His promises are worth pursuing, they're worth trusting in, they're worth building your life on. We have these promises, beloved. Or earlier it says, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. And it says we should cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Now, again, we know ultimately we need justification. We cannot cleanse ourselves on our own. We need the righteousness of Christ. That is our only hope. But we see so many commands like this in the New Testament that really focus on our sanctification. Now that we have been justified, now that we have new hearts within us, this is what God is calling us to. Let us cleanse ourselves. In other words, let us get rid of every defilement of body and spirit. What are the things in your life that will corrupt your body or your spirit? And we think back to 1 Corinthians and it talks about sexual sin and how that affects the body in ways that other sins don't. Cleanse yourself of every defilement of that. Anything that would corrupt your spirit, that could be bitterness towards someone else. It could be greed and just covetousness and the desire for more than you have and more than you need and more than you deserve. Let us cleanse ourselves from anything that is going to defile our body or our spirit. Why? Because we want to bring holiness to completion in the fear of God. That is our desire if we are a Christian. Man, I want holiness. So anything that's going to pull me away from holiness, I don't want it in my life. You might be tempted to think, though, man, that sounds kind of intense. That sounds kind of over the top. That that sounds kind of, you know, too serious. Uh, I mean, that, that sounds like not very much fun. People that want to be that holy sound kind of unhappy. Well, here's a quote from an old Scottish pastor, Robert Murray McShane. He said, I am persuaded that God's happiness is inseparably linked with his Holiness. Holiness and happiness are like light and heat. God never tasted one of the pleasures of sin. Do you think God's happy? He's never tasted the pleasures of sin, and he's perfectly happy. Well, and that's where he uses that analogy. Holiness and happiness are like light and heat. The holiness there being the light and then the happiness being the the heat that comes from that light. You, You cannot separate these things. You should want to be holy, just like God is holy. God has never tasted one of the pleasures of sin and he doesn't feel like he's missing out, not even a little bit. So you pursuing holiness in uh, the, com- the completion of that in the fear of god that's as an important thing and we should do this in the fear of god and the one verse that you should look at along those lines is 1 Peter 1, where it talks about, and if we should conduct ourselves in fear, knowing how we were ransomed. But I've spent a lot of time here on verse 1, such a rich verse. But then we get into the different types of sorrow, because as you read, Paul talks about, and he again refers to uh, one and a half Corinthians, uh, some letter that he wrote in between first Corinthians and second Corinthians. And it seems that it was a pretty straightforward, uh, somewhat of a painful letter and, and they were grieved, but that grief led to something good. And that's where. In 2 Corinthians, there are some discouraging parts, and there's clearly some people in the church that are still very against Paul in an unjust way, but this highlights how that wasn't universally true. That wasn't universally true. Um, We see that some people clearly responded well. And Paul talks about a different kind of grief, of godly grief or worldly grief. His letter made them grieve, but They were grieved, he says in verse nine, into repenting. He says, for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. And there is, in response to sin, a godly grief. And again, godly grief produces repentance. Godly grief leads to change, a turning, a change of direction. Worldly grief, it leads to death. And then it goes on to describe more of godly grief. See what earnestness the godly grief has produced in you. Also, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. And so, clearly, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what kind of grief do we feel? I think oftentimes, worldly grief is more sorrow over getting caught uh, more sorrow really over the consequences of your sin. Uh, you're, you're sad that now your sin is having a painful effect in your life, as opposed to really sorrow that you have grieved God. Uh, sorrow that you're, you're missing out on His promises and the holiness uh, that you should desire. When you have those motives, there's going to be a godly grief, a godly grief that leads to repentance and turning and change. And again, none of that can be done without God's help, but that is our desire. And so you you should evaluate your own repentance in the light of this passage. And maybe again, if God is convicting you, because let's go back to verse one now. Let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Guess what? You are going to become aware, if not today, in the near future, of something that is a defilement of body or spirit. Something that you realize, this has got to go from my life. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to respond with worldly grief or with godly grief? Because sometimes what exposes that that change needs to happen is there is pain. There is some painful consequence in your life and you realize, oh my, there is something in my life that should not be there. Okay, what kind of grief are you going to experience? Worldly grief that, oh, I'm so so upset that this sin of mine is causing pain in my life. Or is there going to be godly grief, grief that you're missing out on holiness and the promises of God, and you've grieved God in the process that will lead you to change? What is it that you will do as you are exposed to sin in your own life? What kind of apology will you give? Now, I want to point out one more time that the reason we should care and the reason we should want this godly grief, again, is because we have these promises, beloved. So therefore, let us cleanse ourselves and let us pursue that holiness in the fear of the Lord. And when we see gaps in our lives, when we see ways we are unholy, may we respond with this godly grief and this zeal to prove ourselves, this passion to pursue the Lord. I hope that's what characterizes us. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.